0: So Berto, what do you know about the R Kelly scandal you know what <laughs> not much I know uh, I know who R Kelly is I like his music a lot actually and I certainly knew about the whole P incident back in the day uh, and then recently all of a sudden I heard that he might he's going to jail or he's getting uh, all these things super accused and then I saw an interview with the two girls that live with him and that's you know that's about it (laughs) well i thought we'd get
1: into it and see what we come up with what do you say let's do it this is the psychology in seattle podcast and i am your host dr kirk honda i am a therapist and a professor sometimes i say that so fast i wonder if people (laughs) yeah so i thought i'd enunciate this time who are you umberto
0: so is, is psychology in seattle named like like, sleepless in Seattle? Is oh, that... God. <laughs> My name is Umberto Castaneda, and I'm a luthier. So,
1: Robert Sylvester Kelly, born 1967,
0: Chicago. Did you know <laughs> how... You should, I wish this was a video podcast. You should have seen. That was hilarious. Kirk went to reach for the mouse, but the mouse had scooted over magically. And so, his hand did this little move the mouse movement. But with no mouse in it. It was hilarious. It's not so funny if you're not seeing it, I guess.
1: (laughs) So, did you know that he is one of the best-selling musical artists ever in the United States?
0: I didn't, but I am not surprised.
1: I am. So, if you would have asked me, you know, who was R. Kelly, I'd be like, oh, he had like one song. I mean...
0: I believe I can fly alone. <laughs>
1: well I would have been like yeah, he he was he was a one hit wonder. He and then if someone's like, Well what about ignition? I'd be like, Oh yeah, I remember right. that. I remember that song kind of. But like he has sold over seventy five million records worldwide during a time when you actually sold actual records yeah. and or CDs, physical right. products. Um he's the most successful R and B male artist of the nineteen nineties.
0: That makes sense. <laughs> Not to me.
1: I had no awareness of him. So
0: I mean if, did you follow the whole in the closet series,
1: uh, not and no, not until I started yeah, uh, I this did. this deep dive. So like, I'm so not an R and B fan yeah. and not a hip hop fan that I had just no awareness of this entire world. And any time I would have heard uh, R Kelly, even I believe I can fly, like I I can't even sing that song to you. You know what I mean? Like I, I-
0: believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky.
1: See, that's more. You've already done more than I know. So in the 90s, I didn't have cable TV. I didn't have um, any friends who listened to R&B. I see. Everyone I knew. Everyone I knew listened to, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins. Oasis. Uh, well, I didn't. I wasn't an Oasis fan. Um, I guess Radiohead. You know, of course, we listened to The Beatles, right. The Smiths, Depeche Mode. We were massive music fans, and I not was not
0: just. This just didn't penetrate the wall for you.
1: Just complete, yeah. uh, a complete bubble. You know, yeah. <laughs> just like completely out of my awareness. Um, and so, as I'm researching this, I was like, "Oh my god!" He was nicknamed the King of R and B. He won several awards. He, he sang the at the opening ceremony of the 2002 Olympics.
0: Yeah. Well, so the, for me, the reason this wouldn't be so surprising is because if you asked me to name the top 10 R&B artists of the 90s and probably early 2000s, I'd be like, well, there's R. Kelly, um,
1: <laughs> you know? Okay. So you were just like slightly off from me. Yeah. Because, of course, people who grew up in that, right. in that bubble, they don't know – they know like one Smashing pumpkin song. Exactly, yeah. Um, okay, so his hits were that I looked up. So I Believe I Can Fly, three Grammys. Bump and Grind. So I looked up all these songs, and I had mm. I, only ever heard I Believe I Can Fly in Ignition. Okay. All these other massive hits, I had never heard a single note from. Bump and Grind, Your Body's Calling, Gotham City, If I Could Turn Back the Hands of Time, The World's Greatest, and I'm a Flirt. I mean, have you ever heard any of those songs?
0: I've heard of half of those.
1: <laughs> I, I hadn't heard of it. And then, of course, Trapped in the Closet. Um so you have seen it?
0: All of it. It's so amazing. <laughs>
1: Did you see it when it came out?
0: Yeah, when it was still kind of coming out, yeah.
1: It if I had never even heard of this thing, but I watched the entirety of it <laughs> yesterday.
0: It's so entertaining.
1: <laughs> it's like the room.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Was he serious? Oh, ish. Yeah, yes, ish. I mean, obviously it's done tongue in cheek, like over the top soap opera style. But his music is serious. the music's good. The <laughs> music
1: know? isn't good. It's the same song over well, and over again. It's
0: very well produced. He sings very nicely.
1: <laughs> but the song is it's it's it you and I are songwriters, sure. <laughs> if I wrote a song that was like really quick so I could put a story to it, yeah I would write a song like that. It's very repetitive. Yeah, it has yeah. the same cadence sure and it's just like da 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 da. Uh, da, 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 that, da, that crescendo da, 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 never it, gets old. And then the crescendo at the end, you know. It never
0: gets old.
1: So it seems like he's mostly being serious. Because I'm going to come out of the closet.
0: And it, I mean, it's like, it's so intense.
1: Yeah. So let's, so let's, uh, let's review um, uh, this story here. Because I just want people, if you haven't seen it, I just want to, I just want to, I watched the whole thing and co- <laughs> took notes. I'm only going to talk about like the first... Like bit like the first third, it's like twenty
0: one parts or something. Yeah,
1: so he he's having sex with a woman in in her house. Right. She suddenly says her husband's coming home, and you really just have to watch it because it looks like a parody. There is so many twists and turns. Well, <laughs> so we'll get to it. So he so her her husband's coming home. He he you know gets convinced to hide in the closet. That's where the whole thing comes from. Yeah. The husband finds him. And mean, and meanwhile, uh, R. Kelly is narrating the entire story. Right. He's looking around. He looks in. He looks in the cabinet. He has a he has a confused face. He smells something <laughs> like that's literally the yes, the, yes, the lyrics. Yes. Um, then uh, the husband and finds he's going him. to the
0: closet, and I'm hiding in the closet, and he's walking to the closet. Is he going to open the door to the closet? <laughs> yeah, that's
1: literally the song. Uh, he the, he pulls out a gun. There's lots of talk, singing. The wife is pleading. You know the husband uh, over a span of a couple minutes eventually introduces his male boyfriend. Right. <laughs> so, so now the wife's not. Now the wife switches from pleat, pleading and apologizing to now she's angry. Mm-hmm. And R. Kelly still has his gun out, and he's very confused about the whole thing. Like, oh, this is totally wacky. I mean, the thing, the gestalt I got from it was like, <laughs> R. Kelly was so guilty himself and mm-hmm. so ashamed, or something. Or trying to convince you know this the because if you just said like if you said this whole thing in one sentence what would it be like what's the story the plot
0: <laughs> um, I guess maybe he's not so guilty after all because everyone's got their own dirty little secrets
1: exactly um, okay so then um, everyone is, so everyone's basically everyone is cheating on everyone okay so then the 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 guy comes out. And then R. Kelly leaves. Yeah. Uh, and then a cop pulls him over. And then R. Kelly goes home. And then he's like, I think my wife's cheating on me, but, <laughs> but she's not. And then let me just read some of the lyrics here. Hmm. This is a video. He's singing. They're on the bed. They're having sex. <laughs> then I said, This is him saying, Then I said, Baby, we must slow down before I bust a vessel in my brain. <laughs> and she said, Please don't, please no, don't stop. And I said, I got a cramp. And then she said, please keep going. And I said, my leg is about to crack. (laughs) Then she cries out, oh, my goodness, I'm about to climax. And I said, cool, climax. (laughs) Just let go of my leg. She says, you're the perfect lover. And I said, I can go no further. (laughs) Then I flip back the cover. Oh, my God, a rubber, 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 (laughs) rubber. So his wife... So he just came uh, he, he was just having,
0: came with his wife, and then he finds out that she had been having sex with someone else because there's a rubber there right so
1: just to recap, he starts a story having sex with the woman he finds out she's married. the husband comes home, there's a fight, and then the husband says, "I'm actually cheating with this man he goes he gets pulled over he goes home, he has sex with his <laughs> wife. the wife reveals you know there's this rubber i I guess I used rubber so. she she reveals she's been cheating. She says something odd about someone. They start laughing, which is totally confusing. The cop hears a noise inside the house. He comes inside. There's a confrontation. Turns out the wife is cheating with the cop. (laughs) The cop leaves. The cop goes home to his wife. Uh, The cop is suspicious. There's a fight. The wife uh, has a lover in the closet, and uh, it's a midget. And, and, And he uses the word midget. I'm not using the word midget, but he uses... And so it says, you know, it's a midget, 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 midget.
0: like that's the, and then there's a fight. Because every, one, every segment ends in a cliffhanger. Right. Yeah.
1: I guess if that's what you're going to call Or a call twist, it. I should say. Yeah, a, a twist. twist. Yeah, a twist. Which is almost universally the next person in this story right. is cheating on them. Right. Uh, the Midget Poops His Pants, by the way, and that's actually kind of a plot point that carries over into, <laughs> yeah. into different chapters. And and so I've just described to you just like the first 25%. Okay. So um, he also
0: wrote— But if you got to admit, this had never been done in history.
1: God. And, and hopefully never will again. I mean, I'm surprised this doesn't have a cult following like The Room does. Right. Because it is one of—it is— it is probably more entertainingly bad than the room is.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I remember me at the time, me and this ex friend of mine, we used to, we watched it all and we would laugh the hell out of it.
1: I mean, it seems like, because if, when you compare it to other videos he was making at the time, it's not that far off right. from other things he was making. Right. So I could have totally imagine him thinking this was like a serious project he was working on. Sure. Uh,
0: but but yes, but the content was, I mean, you know, the parody for sure, right?
1: Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, he wrote and produced many hits, like probably more than he actually did himself. For example, he wrote the Michael Jackson song, You Are Not Alone. Right. Which oh my gosh, right. was nominated for a Grammy. The video has, which I've never seen, because uh, this was, again, during a Michael Jackson time when I wasn't really paying attention to his career. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, you know, I you, are not alone. you
0: are not alone. The
1: video is with Lisa Marie Presley. So it right. must've been in that short zone when he was M- married. MJ was married to Lisa Marie Presley. It's a very disturbing video given what we know about leaving right. Neverland. Um, and actually the first shot of Lisa Marie, cause Lisa Marie is basically naked.
0: Right. I remember this.
1: And Michael Jackson is, is in her are sort of in the scene together. The very first um, shot, of Lisa Marie, she looks like a little boy. (gasps) Oh. Because Lisa Marie is not a very curvy person. Okay. Or at least from the video. And she's kind of muscular and kind of, and she has boyish features in a lot of ways. I see. So you wonder, like, was that part of the thing?
0: Maybe. I always thought that was like one of these arranged marriage, or, you know, uh, publicity marriages. Yeah,
1: yeah. Anyway, so lots of success for R. Kelly. Okay. So I don't have time to go into all the details. And as always, uh, if I get a little detail wrong, I don't want to fucking hear it. This isn't your podcast of history. This is a, an, an opportunity to get the general gestalt of the facts. And then we'll talk about uh, whether what the psychology of R. Kelly is what we're getting to. Yeah. So his childhood, he was poor. We all know that. He had no no father around. We all know that. He claims he was sexually abused by an older female who was 10 years older than him from the age of eight until he was 14. So she would have been 18 to 24. He claims that he was sexually abused. um, That would explain a lot. Yeah. But he also lies a lot. So hard to know. Um, He claims he was shot in the shoulder to steal his bike by other kids in the neighborhood. And he claims that at the age of eight, his girlfriend was pushed into a river by some bullies and then she drowned and died.
0: Yikes.
1: So if any of these things are true, that's pretty awful.
0: That is unbelievable.
1: But it's just hard to know because from what I read, it was like him claiming, I don't know. Anyway, skipping forward to 1994, he's 27 years old. He meets Aaliyah. Aaliyah? Is that how you pronounce her name? Is that the artist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again. She died, right? Yeah, she died in a prank playing. Crash. Oh. Um but he wrote her first hit when she was fourteen or fifteen years old. Wow. Um they had fallen in love. He was twenty-seven. They got married, by okay. the way. He's twenty-seven, she's fifteen. They got married. Wow. <laughs> um and she claimed in the marriage certificate that she was eighteen. So it's like, well, R. Kelly was lied to. But one of his in the documentary, one of his um assistance or entourage guys says that R. Kelly asked him to get fake documents to to oh, to say that she was 18 cuz they 18. everyone knew she wasn't 18. Okay. Um and the guys like I'm not really proud of that and I'm like yeah, you think? <laughs> um but anyway, they uh, he wrote her first uh hit ain't or and worked on her first album Age Ain't Nothing But a Number was the name oh, of. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. It's about a young girl who is trying to get an older guy to have sex with her. Uh, no relation. <laughs> so at, around this time, it wasn't just her. It, what he, it was many other girls that he was – and teenagers who he was tricking by saying he was going to put them on the next album and he would have sex right. with them. So it, it, his his abuse of children goes – His with, MO
0: was consistent. Was way back, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: 1996, I believe, I Can Fly – uh, Space Jam, which I've never seen, which of I've course I've never seen that either, which of course defines our age, right? Because <laughs> everyone younger than us has seen has it seen that, like sure. a lot, right?
0: Right, because it was like Bugs Bunny and MJ, right. and R. Kelly doing the music. Oh yeah. my gosh, yeah. Uh, during this time,
1: a woman sued him, claimed that uh, she was sexually abused by him years ago, and he settled for a quarter of a million dollars. So right away, he was having to pay out money. Which he did many, many times, wow. s- similar to Bill Cosby. Yeah, two thousand two, the famous pee video. Have you ever seen the video? No, neither have I. I've heard of
0: it, and I've seen co- parodies of it. Oh, you know, like comedy I haven't seen
1: stuff it either. Them. But apparently, it's a long video. It's not short. Okay, and you see his face, you see her face. She's fourteen. Okay, and they're having sex, and he also like pees in her mouth.
0: But is this a like a real video, or was it a yeah? Okay, so it was found uh, like they were filming it like a sex tape, essentially.
1: Yeah. So he made hundreds, if not thousands, of sex tapes. Okay. Uh, from Jeez. a very, from a very young, from a very early okay. period of time, and presumably he would whack off to them later yeah. or something. Um, and he also used them at some point to blackmail people. Like if oh, you right. if you talk, I'm going to release this. Yeah. And according to the documentary, if I remember right, like some one of his um, young girlfriends yeah. came across the video and was so upset by it, like gave it to the press or so. I can't okay. remember the exact thing, but, um, that's how they leaked the leaked. I the think P1. so. I think so. I'm oh. not, don't quote me on that, but anyway, so he is indicted and he goes to trial and the, I, if I remember right from the documentary, it took like six years to actually have the trial, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and the alleged victim, uh, didn't, uh, You know, and the parents said, "That's not me." She's like, "That's not me in the video." So, yet her her best or her friend, her coach, all these other people, like, "Yeah, that's her."
0: Well, like you know, we talked about this in the MJ episode, and uh, just in general, I would not be surprised at all if many of the girls thought that this was love or that they they were special, and that you know, and so then. Of course they wouldn't want to implicate him or, or be or, or be shamed or whatever, you know.
1: And the stigma of coming out and revealing right. that, you know, you had sex at all, let alone at the age of 14 right. with an older man, let alone that you had someone pee in your mouth because right. you were being terrorized. So I just want to point out that's our fault, yeah. that our society stigmatizes that sort of thing and keeps people quiet. And lo and behold, R. Kelly was was uh left off you know, was off the hook. Um a year later he's arrested for child porn, the case has dropped for some weird reason. Um lots of different cases over the years, which we won't go into. But then skipping forward to more recent years, twenty seventeen, he's accused of three set by three sets of parents by holding their daughters in an abusive cult. Um so people are like not only is he having sex with kids, but now he's like developing a cult with actually like adult women. Yeah. And what I when I heard this I told like
0: eighteen eighteen year olds. Yeah, yeah. But he
1: Yeah. So I think he was like this is complete speculation, obviously. But I think he's like, well, if I have sex with a with a minor, then it's much more clear that I'm doing something illegal. Right. But if I actually break down the the personality of someone who's eighteen or higher, then everything's on the up and up. Like I right. can't I can't be caught, you know, like even if even if they uh break up with me and leave me yeah. and get out of my circle uh and they claim that I'm being abusive it's just like well prove it you know yeah. and i have millions of dollars to pay for lawyers like i'll be fine right and, and that's just me speculating and i'll get like people that l- look really young you know yeah. um anyway so this is very similar to the Nexium guy so yeah right when he started out he would do things that were untoward, but then fast forward twenty years, and he has like a sex cult. Yeah. So it's very similar with R. Kelly. It's like he started out with sort of like regular, horrible, uh, sexually abusive behavior, and then eventually graduated to actually cult. <laughs> like because he learned probably how to brainwash people over the years, right. you know, and and what systems he had to put in place to actually fully control these these women's lives. Um, twenty eighteen. BBC aired a documentary, and then there was more talk, more allegations, and then hashtag Mute R. Kelly came out to boycott his music. He responded that these people were attempting to lynch a black man who has made extraordinary contributions to the African-American culture. Um, By the way, it was led by black women because the vast majority of his uh, uh, victims, if not all of them, were African-American women. More allegations, Washington Post article, blah blah blah. Then this Lifetime docu series comes out, Surviv- Surviving R. Kelly. Have you seen it? No, I have not. It is not as good as Leaving Neverland. Okay. It is, <laughs> it's actually kind of bad in okay. some instances. Like they use that sort of classic music that, that was probably invented in the '90s, where <laughs> you know, it's sort of, it's it's like scary. Mm-hmm. Like in Leaving Neverland, they don't really. Pull any of those kinds of no. tricks?
0: No, actually, the music you hear is mostly the music in the scenes that they're showing.
1: It's right. Like... It's just like a very subtle, yeah. subdued, like interview with the characters. Right. Uh, Surviving R. Kelly plays like a. It, it's almost like it's directed by a reality TV show director. Hey, you know what I mean? Okay. Um, it's it's it has some really kind of cheesy transitions and stuff, but. Which, you know, it's a lifetime, so what are you going to do? But anyway, um, similar to leaving Neverland, Surviving R. Kelly is uh, mainly focused on the victims talking about what happened. Okay. Again, extremely convincing.
0: Are these gals that were in the cult and got out, or are these uh, abuse victims from years ago? No,
1: most of them are abuse victims from a long time ago, or his wife is actually in the documentary a lot, too, saying that she was physically abused and controlled. Because I think the cult thing has only been the past few years. Okay. And those people... Um,
0: Defend them. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Or they're sort of traumatized by the whole thing and they're not willing to come out. And so I it.
0: saw one interview with two of them. Right. I don't know how many there are. And those two were fully on his page defending him staunchly, that kind of
1: thing. Right. So he, the allegations are physical abuse humiliating them, forcing them to perform sexual acts on him in public with each other. Like there's these really graphic descriptions of him making like two 14-year-olds have sex with each other and stuff. Very controlling with the physical abuse. Um, He would make people stand when he entered the room. He would make them be on a cell phone plan. He would make it so they couldn't talk to other people without his permission. He made them dress a certain way. He also wouldn't let them eat food. Great. Uh, he would only let them eat food during. He would like punish them and say like, if if you're good today, I'll get I'll give you food.
0: So like the nextim guy. <laughs> right. He wanted them as skinny as possible.
1: Yeah. He determined when they could go to the bathroom. Like the women would say, in order because because in order to go to another part of the house, it was sort of a threat oh to him because he needed everyone. He needed like this woman to stay in one room, you know what I mean? Right. And she's like, I need to go to the bathroom. So she would have to like call one of his bodyguards.
0: Oh my God.
1: Who would talk to R. Kelly and then R. Kelly would like send a bodyguard or something. Um, He would starve them. He would videotape them having sex, you know, to, to I suppose, whack off. But he would also like use the videos to blackmail them and say like, you know, if you, if you don't keep quiet. Oh um. He would. He wouldn't let. And on tour, he was very controlling too. He wouldn't let the do, the dancers talk to the musicians, talk to the you know the women. Talk. You know, he he kept like he was controlling of everyone because presumably he was like, <sighs> if people start talking, this will be bad for me.
0: I'm sorry. I, I, I'm now regretting enjoying in the closet.
1: <laughs> so let's take a break and we get back. Let's talk about his psychology. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. So, Berto, if R. Kelly wrote a song telling people to become a patron of the podcast, what would it sound like? In, she, in
0: the vein of... In the closet. Yeah. For she would see our page on the internet, and you think, should I contribute? You're going to contribute, and you think I'm going to contribute, but how much am I going to contribute? And then you say, I'm going to give it all...
1: My God, that was like the best improv you've ever done. That was like, I thought R. Kelly was right here. I was about to indict the man right across him. Okay, so become a patron of the podcast. You get access to all of our best episodes in which Birdo doesn't sing. Uh, okay, so there's many settlements. He 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 has many settlements where girls accuse him of sexual abuse and rape, and all and this And he
0: gives him cash.
1: Gives him, settles out of court, and all these cases involve a gag order, essentially, where, right. non-disclosure, right, where they can't talk about it, or else they have to give their money back. This, <laughs> this convention... Like the Stormy
0: Daniels kind of thing.
1: Yeah, this convention has got to stop. Yeah. Like, this is, this can't, this is wrong. Like...
0: That shouldn't y- be an allowed outcome of one of those lawsuits.
1: No. Like, I could get, like, okay... What is going to stop this lawsuit? Could I just give you a million dollars? Let's just stop the lawsuit now. Okay, like that makes sense to me. But t- to stipulate that this human being cannot talk about their experience is just anti-constitutional in my, in my view. It's anti-law. Like, why? You're like well, I mean, The I only s- reason why you would ever allow that to be part of a settlement is because you're trying to hide something. You're basically bribing someone to not reveal that you have broken the law.
0: I mean, I mostly agree with you. I I could see. So imagine for a second a case that really was, uh, you know, some someone um, had a concert. This gal comes back, say she's of age; she's not a minor. Um, They 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 make love, and then she accuses him of rape. And he really didn't. I mean like it seemed consensual, all that stuff, right? Um, they go to the trial and then he just doesn't want to deal with it. So so he's like, all right, well, fine. This sucks. I hate you. But how much do you need? 50 grand. Okay. But you can't talk about this because as soon as the rumor's out, people are going to think I did this. And I didn't do fucking shit. So part, I'll give you 50 grand. If you don't talk about this.
1: I I don't think that that should be allowed, even if he didn't do it, like let the public decide, you know, then,
0: then I probably wouldn't give you 50 grand, right? It'd be like, fine. Well then if you're going to talk about it anyways, then I'm not going to give you 50.
1: Grand. Great. Then yeah. go to court and let it play out, yeah, yeah. you know? Um, so he uh, was indicted for aggravated criminal uh, sexual abuse. There was video evidence. Uh, this is recently. Um, he pleaded not guilty The judge set a one million dollar bond. He was released after two days. So this is so this is recently. So he's been um, apparently there's a number of uh, victims coming forward with a lot of evidence uh, saying that he it was aggravated criminal sexual abuse. So he might he might go to prison at some point in the near future. When you
0: post bond, when you post bond, post bond, bail, bail, bond. Do you ever get that money back or part of it? Or
1: yeah, I think the idea goes is that you get all the money back. It's just it's like I collateral see. essentially, so that you
0: don't flee town, kind of thing.
1: Right now, a lot of people can't afford the bonds, right? So they get right. a um, a loan, yeah, and they have to pay the interest. Those are the,
0: uh, the like the dog. Yeah, <laughs>
1: what is that I don't because they I post never a bail show. for them. Okay,
0: but then they so that to make sure they don't flee because now they 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 have no incentive to come back because they. They send the enforcer like the dog. <laughs> wow, I see, yeah.
1: Um, so then R. Kelly appears on CBS this morning and he cried unconvincingly. Did you see that part?
0: Oh, I did see that.
1: Uh, you know, it I'm, was
0: I'm, the kind of crying – you can only go one of the two extremes. Either that this person has been so fully wronged that he's so traumatized. And, and actually, small parentheses, it is possible – that in that moment he it was in fact channeling whatever abuse he did suffer in reality when he was young yeah but the but not to excuse his behavior but you know it's like that doesn't excuse anything it's just
1: right he definitely was in my observation a channeling or acting like a child yeah he was throwing a tantrum yeah the way a 4 year old would right and either he was regressing because of stress or he was calling on a certain part of himself that has worked with other people but isn't going to work with, in that situation.
0: Yeah, and, and some of the things he was saying, I can already imagine it. I guarantee that, in fact, there have been parents who've thrown their girls at him in the hopes of making money because people are horrible. I also guarantee, though I, I know you know that he's, he's had so much female attention— And I feel like in his mind, it's like, you don't get it. I'm the good guy here. I've helped all these people. They throw their daughters at me like they're using me. Like I, you know, like that kind of thing. Kind of like a Michael going like, what? All I've been doing is helping these kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, you know, things like that happen. But when you take all of the reports and they just keep coming. Same with Bill Cosby, same with Michael Jackson, same with Kevin Spacey, same with Harvey Weinstein. You're just like, okay, so we're led to believe, R. Kelly, that all these people, with all the consequences of society, with all the death threats, with all the stigma, with all the shame that society heaps on these people, with all the accusations, you know, the disruption to their life, the media attention, you're going to tell me, like, all of these people got together, and including your wife, by the way, and decided that because they want to make a little bit of money, which they might not ever get, they're going to, like, make up this story. Right. And it's been so consistent that goes right. – and there's been criminal charges. You know, like, the whole picture is just one grand conspiracy. Well,
0: here's the stuff. hypothesis. The hypothesis is, look, I'm rich and famous. This is what happens. Okay, let's test that. Then wouldn't we expect that a very high percentage of celebrities have the same problem? Right. Bill Gates. Right. Paul Allen. uh, And let's even stay with the musicians. Yeah. Let's just stay with the musicians. Yeah. Right.
1: Right. Right. So it's like, no, you know, there's only a handful of people that have the accusation gestalt that you have. Right. So he cries unconvincingly, which really propels him into this limelight because now like he's on all the talk shows, everyone's laughing at him. And they also interviewed two women who are supposedly in, the, in his sex cult. The parents are saying that they haven't been able to talk to their kids right. in, in, you know, in years or something. And these two girls are uh, saying they love him. And they're, they're
0: accusing their parents and family of lying and wanting to get money and shit.
1: They're with him. They defend him. And they start getting emotional, too. Like, one of them starts really yelling, like, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. You know, she's really going crazy. Now, here's the thing. If this is all in the up and up and these two women are totally fine and free to move, there's no shame in two women and one man being in a polyamorous relationship. There's nothing wrong with that. So. So, if if it's true, then great. It doesn't and, deny all the other shit that he's done.
0: And I did think the interviewer seated uh, her high ground when she started going in that direction, by the way, because she started asking the one, it's like, well, what do you do sexually? And, and I was like, th- and the other gal, rightfully, even though the context rightfully, she was like, that's none of your business. <laughs> right? And I'm like, yeah, no, she's an adult. It, it, now you've just made it like giving them an out, right? Like I thought that was unfortunate because if it, if it had been more about like how did you how did this start what you know like why aren't you talking to your family right right all these kinds of things but as soon as you're like well what do you do sexually it's like look now you're trying to get ratings and I'm an adult and I don't need to tell you about my sex life <laughs> right
1: now from from again the gestalt of all the data right and there's actually at the end of the uh, documentary on on lifestyle what's the channel called
0: life. Life. some something
1: no, no. uh the Wait. uh lifewise the um god damn it uh, lifetime. lifetime uh the one of the mothers actually manages to extract one of the young women in his really? in his cult by like doing detective work, figuring out what hotel they're in and what? it's a really it's actually the best sequence in the whole in the documentary whole uh Whoa. Be, they film the whole thing and you know. And anyway, so they managed to get her out. A couple days later she goes back. <sighs> oh no. But then she gets out again.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs>
1: but she's not Spoiler! talking to but she's not talking to the press at all uh, as of the yeah. recording of this from what I understand. Oh. Um, so when we look and when we look at all that, like you just look at all the data, you're just like, well, maybe these two women happen to be on the up and up, but something there's a lot of other girls who are right. you know it, they have all the hallmarks of being in a cult. Right.
0: Well, and one of them's 18, the other one's like 20 or something. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember being that age. We've all talked about this so many times. Like, it, you don't have t- decades of perspective at that age. So it's easy yeah. for people to be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I just turned 18. I'm an adult. I know exactly what everything is.
1: Right. We have this weird, as I was watching this, you know, documentary. I was thinking, how weird is it that, like, the day before your 18th birthday, you're treated like you're eight years old? Right. That in 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 relation to a 35 year old man, right. But as soon as you turn 18, suddenly you're you're, you're fine. You're, you're you're totally mature, right. And you're not exploitable, right. And everything's fine. Right. It just seems strange, but of yeah. course the law needs that kind of yeah cutoff. Right. So the conclusions are to me. You know, that, and this is all based on internet and, you know, documentary information, so God knows if it's true. I mean, R. Kelly could not even exist in the real world, and I wouldn't know, (laughs) because I don't, I've never met him. Right. Uh, So, you know, this is all just Computer generated. (laughs) This is all just me looking at the internet, uh, having barely no knowledge of R. Kelly until two days ago. For
0: all you listeners, no, we're not real.
1: Yeah. But... There's a lot of arrows pointing towards the conclusion that he's a classic abusive and sadistic psychopath um, and, a, and a sexual sadist. He has a very common profile for an uh, intimate partner violence perpetrator. He looks for vulnerable partners who have, you know, young yeah. women who are probably personality wise a little susceptible to it. He uses his vulnerability to get women to take care of him. So that's mm. something that you probably don't know from the documentary. He, there's these sort of repetitive stories because he couldn't read and write, and so he would no. cry about that <laughs> to women.
0: It's like what, what Michael Jackson would do that too, where he would cry and he would you know appear right. vulnerable.
1: Right. So that sucks people in, right. Then he slowly institutes control over the victim, like through iterative process. He doesn't just slap him on the first date, you know. Uh, he uses intimidation and aggression, slowly ramping up. He separates the victim from their support system, particularly their family. He gets control of their cell phone and their communication methods. He slowly controls every aspect of their life from their food intake, their phone, where they hang out, when they go to the bathroom, whether they stand, when when they have sex with him. He uses blackmail like videotaping confessions. So he, similar to the Nexium guy. He would make them videotape confessions as, Mm. as well, or at least that's the allegation. By the way, all this is allegations One allegated. of his songs is Confession, right? Is it? This is my confession. So, by the way, all this is allegations. You know, there's it hasn't been demonstrated in court, apparently. Um, he uses humiliation to break down their defenses. He lies. He denies responsibility. He cycles between abuse and recovery. And when confronted, he uses a lot of smoke and mirrors to distract people by accusing the victims of lying, by using emotional manipulation... By using any method possible, like even possibly using the race card, saying that people are being racist towards him. Um, This is classic. The reason why I can just rattle all that off is because this is happening all the time. I've treated perpetrators and victims in almost identical situations. They just happen to not be super famous. (sighs) This sort of thing is happening uh, down the street. This is happening in your family. It might even be happening to you out there somewhere. And so this is very mundane in my world. It's not very sensational. The only sensational part of it is R. Kelly just happens to be super famous. But when you add up all the super famous people in the world that we know of and you say, well, 0.3% are going to be <laughs> intimate partner violence perpetrators, yeah. then you're going to have the you know R. Kellys R. pop Kelly. out. Uh, there's, it's, it's expected in the same way that if you take a thousand celebrities like a percentage of them are going to die from heart disease right. a percent are going to die from stroke a percent are going to die from accidents in the same way that intimate partner violence it's not like it, it skips over famous right. people
0: and if it was going to be like that the fact that he's rich and famous makes it easier for him to start cults.
1: Well, and it – exactly. And it makes it easier for him to do it in plain sight. It yeah. also – but honestly, a lot of perpetrators get away with it anyway yeah. because the victims – so that the victims in this situation have a little bit of advantage because when they speak out, they get attention. Like mm. someone – at least now, they – not attention. Because it's newsworthy. It's yeah. newsworthy. Someone and, – and then they instantly get a bunch of people reaching out saying, I'm a victim too. Right. They – all the other victims in the world, they tweet about it. No one cares. Right, right, and so they're really alone, you know? So...
0: So R. Kelly is the same as Usher, right? Because <laughs> so, uh, Confessions is by Usher, not by R. Kelly. <laughs> uh,
1: so, Berto, why would someone do this? Why does R. Kelly do right. this? It's so destructive.
0: Right. So, yeah, so, I mean... Two thoughts I have. One of them is, as far as the age, I do think uh, he probably was, in fact, abused. There's some reason why he's attracted to that specific age range. That's one. The second part is, uh, I think he, he started being able to get away with it. And the more he could get away with it, the more he thought that he would never not be able to get away with it. But
1: is that the foundation?
0: No. No, I think at first it was an impulse. Like... Like I said, I, I do think that him, you know, at some point in his life, he was a 16-year-old, super good-looking, super talented kid who would have girlfriends fawning at him, right? All of a sudden, he's 19, you know, doing very well, still very good-looking, he's got money, and he still has the same girls fawning around him, but his attraction level seems to be grounded around the 14-year-old range. And then he's 25, then he's 30, and then that attraction never graduates, Right? It's like, uh, I just saw an article about how Leo has only dated, the youngest women he's dated are 25 years old. Right. And he keeps going between 21 and 25.
1: Right. So the I saw the same graph. Yeah. He's had in the past, you know, 15 years, like, say, eight girlfriends. Yeah. And as soon as they're, they, because he, he meets them when, at, when they're before 25. Right. Like, when they're 20 or 22. And as soon as they're 25, they break up. Yeah. So, either he breaks up with them or they break up with him, but there's some yeah. weird cutoff that he's never dated someone right. over 25.
0: And the chart goes like that. He goes up to 25, dumps back down to 21. Yeah. So, but my point is, we don't raise too much of an eyebrow because he's still relatively young and... You know, they're all over their drinking age, at least. You know all these things, but in R. Kelly's case, of course, we because it's like these are fourteen-year-old girls, right? And but his attraction got rooted there, so that's the first part. And then, as far as why he started, you know, abusing them and hitting them and all these things, I think, I think there's trauma that he is playing out.
1: Yeah. So it's an interesting question, and you answered. You provided a pretty strong hypothesis that's convincing. The fact is, is podcast listeners out there I'm going to answer this question why does R. Kelly do this we don't know Uh, we don't know why anyone does anything let alone why someone does something as weird as this because it's really shooting yourself in the foot if you want to have sex he could have sex in the same way that um, Bill Cosby could have had sex (laughs) with whoever he wanted to have sex with uh, he doesn't need to drug people like people probably would have had sex particularly when he was young and not married you know what I mean like like Michael could have had a string of eighteen year old guys, right? Like it, it, who look really young, yeah, you and look
0: beautiful, all these things, yeah.
1: Like, it, so
0: now, granted, as we just said, is that actually okay?
1: <laughs> it's not illegal, yeah. Um, so it, it, there's, why would someone do this? It's, right, right, right. It, it's such a shot in the foot. Yeah, like if repeatedly you, over and over. And yeah, over. if you want sex, there's a way to get it with in totally sanctioned ways. Right. Um and also um why would you repeatedly do it? so it, it it's 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 totally against everything. And also like the other need we have is for attachment. So that's always right. something that's sort of left out is that um we need companionship and love. Yeah. And uh what men are taught to get that through sexuality. Um, so uh, they might not cuddle, but they'll have sex, right? Mm. Um, when really all they want to do is just have some physical warmth. They don't necessarily need to have sex. Anyway. So there are a number of different hypotheses. One is, is that he is, he has sadistic personality disorder. There's a lot of evidence of this. I mean, yeah. to pee in someone's mouth, to,
0: hit
1: uh, to hit them, to keep uh,
0: them inca- incarcerated, essentially.
1: Right. That. Sadistic personality disorder is marked by you actually get pleasure from harming other people, either sexually or otherwise.
0: Right, and who records like a twenty some part series with all the same melody over and over?
1: That's, That's a sadist. Uh, the the other hypothesis is that this is a compulsion, meaning that he doesn't actually super want to do it, but it it. It's an itch that he has to scratch for some compulsive reason. Mm. And there's some evidence of this. One of his bodyguards or colleagues or something in the documentary talks about how R. Kelly went to him and said, I can't stop videotaping me <laughs> having sex with these young girls. I, I'm this is a problem. Right. I need to stop. Like, can you help me stop? Yeah. Now that's just one report. Who knows? Who knows what he meant by that? Yeah. Was was he just going like, "Oh my God"? Was
0: the button st- stuck? He's like that. The it can't stop the tape.
1: Yeah. Uh, so was it a compulsion? Maybe. There's certainly a lot of cases of uh, sexual assault individuals, people who commit sexual assaults, who are definitely acting on a compulsion. Yeah. Uh, where. Uh, they have a more. They're they're not. They don't get pleasure from harming other people, but it's just like this itch that they can't mm. stop, but they have to scratch it. Um, another hypothesis is that it's learned behavior. You know, mm. given that he was sexually abused, right. it's just like, well, this is just what you do. This is what sexuality is. What's wrong with exploiting other people? That's what I learned. Yeah. Another one it, that people will say that you alluded to as like a a secondary cause, which is because he can right. Uh, Because he has power, which is a silly idea to think of it as a foundational thing because plenty of people can and don't because no one wants to harm other people in that way.
0: Yeah, that one I really meant more of like the scale of his abuse is like, you know, if I guess to your point, maybe it really doesn't matter so much, but. Clearly, if someone lives in a big mansion with a lot of secret rooms and bodyguards, and you can't, people can't peer in the windows. They, you can hide who comes and goes. It really facilitates a lot of shady behavior. You know, right? Where where you live in an apartment next to neighbors, you know, they might actually start smelling the dead bodies in your fridge.
1: Yeah. So that's another whole thing: is all the people who knew about what was happening should be implicated as well. Right they actually facilitated yeah. it in a lot of instances, um, and the last factor that I think is actually very much likely it's it's by it's the new way that I kind of see all these people is through an attachment theory lens, which is that he w- grew up without a very secure attachment, probably with very disorganized attachment style, and everyone needs attachment and he when you have problems with attaching, you don't trust other people, you don't love yourself, you might end up resorting to these very odd, um, narrow behaviors to get your attachment needs met. But ultimately, they, they only work kind of. Yeah. And he might have said, well, I'm just going to have sex with these. So because another factor that you can think of in terms of why someone would have, because you're like, well, he's attracted to that age. Another possibility is that He's attracted to people that he can control. Yeah, yeah, right. And younger people are easier to yeah. control. Yeah. And why does he want to control them? Well, is it a sadism thing or is it a security thing? Because yeah. the younger the person, the more able you are to make sure they don't leave you. Sure. And anyway, so uh, why did he get away with it for so long, Berto? What are some reasons here? We've already named one, which is that he had a lot of resources.
0: Right. Um, I think... Uh, He is beloved, and his music is beloved by a lot of people. And just like with Michael and others, we just don't want to believe it, man. We don't want our heroes to be like this.
1: Right. Any other reasons you can think of? Uh,
0: There's also, I guess maybe, you know, this idea of these girls must want it, you know? Like, they must be complicit, because... They, you know, yeah, they're young, but they must want it because he's a famous. How could they not want to be with R. Kelly? You
1: know? Oh God, I see what you're right? saying. Okay, yeah. so you're saying like an onlooker would say, yeah, she must want it.
0: Like, like, like I could imagine some people saying. I thought you were
1: literally saying they must want oh, it.
0: Oh no, no, I'm saying like some some people might say, well, yeah, it's not good that they're underage, but let's. Who are we kidding? He's R. Kelly. Who wouldn't want to be with R. Kelly?
1: Right. Good. Yeah. Um, Other factors, I would say, is misogyny and hip-hop in general and r and B. I I mean, if you just watch the videos, uh, you're just like, well, yeah, of course R. Kelly's doing stuff like that. I mean, that's that's, that's what they all do.
0: He's flaunting it with, like, this is the same thing with Michael and stuff. It's it's so in your face, actually, because like the one you were saying about Aaliyah, the video is and the song is about that.
1: Right, (laughs) right. And the documentary actually kind of goes into that. Okay. Um, another thing that the documentary goes into is they some African Americans in the documentary they 're talking about how, for the black community, he was a hero to them, right, and they didn't want to believe you know
0: it's like with o j remember like exactly it's like we, we don 't want o j brought down he 's one of our heroes,
1: yeah, at the height of the interest of the media they would do polls and they would find that two thirds of black people thought OJ was innocent. Whereas two thirds of white people thought he was guilty. Um, Also stigma to the victims, not wanting to come forward and the families. So that's another factor. That's our fault as to why this would have gone on for so for decades. Also there's a movement. I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's something to do with like female black lives matter Mm. or young girl black lives matter. Because, if these were all white girls, can you imagine the response from our society, what it, what it would have would have been like? Yeah, it
0: probably would have been. I mean, the, the other factor is that this started at a time where information didn't get out like it does now.
1: Right, exactly. Um, so I thought we would go over the dark tetrad, uh, the four different personality traits that we use to measure evil behavior in people. So there are four different personality traits that are associated. This is the
0: cube from Hellraiser, right? Exactly.
1: So uh, they all correlate with each other, but they're distinct personality traits. The first one is psychopathy, which is essentially the absence of empathy, the indifference of feelings for other people, um, the lack of remorse. It's not necessarily sadistic though. Yeah. It's just like you're just sort of indifferent to other people's feelings. Was is he, Does he have this personality trait?
0: I don't know. Uh, he's been very, very productive and successful. So, you know, a lot of the things we've discussed before about psychopathy, like... Well, no in the dark to...
1: tetrad language, it's oh, okay. not the full hair oh, okay, okay, psychopath. Okay, okay. It's, it's just, it's mainly absence of empathy.
0: Oh, I see. Um, I don't know. Maybe a bit. <laughs> Certainly for his victims in that sense, but... I would say a
1: hundred percent. He. Is. Oh, you it's, would say. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like to, I, you haven't seen the documentary. No, no. So, so I, the way the women talk about the way he treated them, yeah, in, indicates he did not care about their feelings.
0: Fair enough. I, I guess I just don't know. Like you know, what would his what would his family say? What would other people around him say? What you know? The, what would be the general consensus? Well, but, the general
1: yeah. consensus from all the women, and there's dozens of women yeah. in the documentary, is that in the beginning he's really nice, but it. It always, t- it? it always takes a turn. Okay. Um, number two is narcissism, which essentially yeah, yeah. is the concept of totally. nar- narcissistic personality disorder. Totally. How so?
0: I mean, so I think, as we've said before, it goes with the t- territory of being on a stage. But, I mean, this guy, he made a 20-some part series of, like I don't know, it, to me, as far as, our performers and artists go, if I was ranking them, I would rank him pretty high because he's a, he's a brand name, you know, in a way, and he's... Um, it doesn't even... I, I believe... I've I, heard him speak of himself in the third person. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'd say yes. That's but.
1: harder to say, honestly. You and I are not eye to on, eye on these two. It, narcissism is... It's not just being a famous person. It's an overall personality trait. Is he self-centered? Yeah. But, you know, narcissism is like grandiose and that kind of thing. I mean, you and,
0: saw that crying performance, right?
1: Like, Yeah, but that's not narcissism. That's okay. manipulation, which is our next one, which is Machiavellianism, which is named after Niccolo Machiavelli, who wrote about politics, I believe, in Italy, which is the Personality trait of being manipulative, making plans. It's not like impulsive. Yeah. It's like ahead of in, in advance I'm going to do these things to manipulate. Again, not necessarily sadistic or overtly yeah. harmful. It just means you're really you you scheme ahead of time, you know? Is does he exhibit that?
0: Well, the fact that he's like compartmentalized people and like he has these rules about what they do and then he like has convinced people over time to be in this cult. Seems like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like a, a fair dose of it, for yeah. sure. It, in order to, particularly you have a cult, like you would right. really have to like have a scheme. But that's what
0: I was saying, like, to me, narcissism fits too, because who has a cult and who, who turns around being asked about these victims into you're the victim? I am the victim here. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I just don't think
1: you're using the working definition of narcissism that they're getting at in the dark tetrad. All right. Um, And the fourth one is sadism. So this is really the kicker of the evil behavior. So you can can have a lack of empathy. You can be a psychopath. You can be narcissistic. You can be Machiavellian. You can have Machiavellianism, and those are called the dark triad. But none of those actually involve pleasure in harming other human beings. So you could have a good dose of the dark triad Mm -hmm. and never actually do dark behavior. It's associated with dark behavior. So Bundy
0: was a tetrad, for example.
1: Right, because he actually really Really enjoyed enjoyed, harming other human beings. He, he, from an early age, he was like, I have a desire to rape and kill. So
0: he liked the empathy. He had... He was Whole very narcissism. Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. He, so
1: he's a much better yeah, yeah. case of because he's like delusionally right, grandiose. Right, right, right. Totally. You know? No, that
0: makes sense. <clears throat> and then he he planned very much all the time. Right. And he was clearly sadistic.
1: Yeah. yeah. He he planned how to how to break out of how to break out right. of prison. We got to do an episode about that documentary. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But anyway, so does he? Does R. Kelly exhibit sadism?
0: Uh, yeah, it sounds like he does. <laughs> right. So
1: when you rape people. And all especially repeatedly. Yeah. In all likelihood you're doing it because you actually get off
0: on the suffering.
1: Yeah. You you when you um for sexual sadists uh and sadists in general, when you are having sex with someone, just the way that most people have sex, uh you actually don't get any pleasure from that. Mm. You pretty much only get pleasure if there's an element of you overpowering or harming other people you are dominating them and they know they're being dominated and it's against their will you know Mm -hmm. Uh, or there's some element of that in there and he repeatedly did that do you know where the word sadism came from burdo uh
0: marquis de Sade. yeah yeah
1: do you know his story
0: uh yeah in fact have you ever heard of the movie salo yeah Oh, I have not been able to actually watch all of it because it is uh, – yeah. It, it, you know I heard what's it's like the me? worst
1: movie to watch traumatic-wise.
0: Well, yeah. You know what happened to me? Like I used to be able to watch movies like that pretty detached. And when I watched The Reversible, for example, it was really like, oh, grotesque and stuff. But I was like, I can watch this. Something happened to me as I got a little older and I started – Empathizing more or something, and I was like, "I I just can't. This is too much."
1: Yeah, th- that's evidence of ma- maturity. So, we tend to think of ourselves as like, "Oh, I'm I'm 25. I'm mature."
0: Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs>
1: uh, there are so many markers yeah. of further development beyond the age of 25, 35, right. 45, and one of them is empathy, uh, giving to other people, caring about the world, and upon watching um, images of of harm to other people, even if they're fictional, it's much harder for mature people to handle that, you know? Yep. Um, not always, but in general. So you just matured, Berto. Yeah. Um, so let's end with identifying other musicians who also had a thing for young people so we can shame them as well. Who can we point out, Berto?
0: Pretty young thing. I want to love- well we talked about Michael so <laughs> oh my god I hadn't even thought about that I know I know PYT one of the best songs and I mean I hadn't even thought about that yeah oh my
1: god yeah oh my yeah, god yeah it's so
0: sad Ugh. is wait is Human Nature
1: kind of about something
0: uh, I mean, well Human Nature was actually written by the guy from a uh, Toto Oh, okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah.
1: Hilarious. That's a great song. Yeah. Um, other musicians?
0: With young people, huh? Uh, Aerosmith. <laughs> Did he really? I don't know. I I don't know if, how young they were, but I mean, his videos and you know stuff like that. So.
1: Well, Paul McCartney had a song called, Well, She Was Just 17, and You Know What I Mean.
0: That's true, but he was 21 at the time. <laughs> oh, and actually, he wrote that when he was probably 18
1: yeah so. he was probably pretty
0: young. but but oh i was gonna say so remember ragdoll yeah ragdoll living in the movies hot tramp daddy's little cutie
1: yeah so fine never
0: see me leaving in the back
1: door well I remember when we read the lyrics to right. that other aerosmith song was it
0: Lovin' an elephant no no it was no
1: it was um i think it might have been walk this way if i remember right and oh. anyway uh, Jerry Lee Lewis married his 13 year old cousin. Oh right. Uh, Elvis started dating Priscilla when she was 14.
0: Right. I just read that the other day. Oh, you know why? Oh, man, the what? What about isms? Someone on Facebook was like, "Well, if you're gonna go after our kill, you better start hating Elvis too." And then they posted that thing. I was like, "Well, I didn't know that."
1: Sure. I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed to that. Uh, it's a little different in that. He didn't have a pattern, and he wasn't raping people. Uh, definitely, and Priscilla herself would has come forward and say, like, I'm I,
0: fine with it. I'm also going to say something that we need to remember. And it's not that, hey, because, because a 1,000 years ago it was okay to do human sacrifice, human sacrifice is still okay. No. It's just that if all of a sudden we were transported back in time— And we're meeting someone on the streets and we're talking about our lives. And they go like, oh, yeah, last weekend I sacrificed a couple people on the altar. If we were like, oh, my God, you're a psychopathic monster, we would be misunderstanding the reality of the time. Right. And in the South, in
1: the 50s and 40s and before that, it was not uncommon for people to get married at a younger age or at least to date at a younger age.
0: So that doesn't mean we wouldn't have wanted to, hey – Let's maybe we can educate these people to not do that, right? right. But yeah, so I'm I'm not saying hey, that's totally fine. Well, just very different. It's not apples and apples.
1: Well, let's just say as an analogy. Yeah. In a hundred years, a thousand years, which I could totally see happening, our age of consent bumps up to like the age twenty two. Right, right. We live to be one hundred fifty years old. Yeah. We understand that like 19 isn't really that old. So we're like, you know what? We're going to, you can't get married until you're 22. We don't want it. You know, we've had cases of like 19 year olds getting tricked.
0: And yet someone's like, did you know Bardo, when he was 44, married an 18 year old? Right.
1: (laughs) So, or that an 18 and that two 19 year olds got married. You know, my parents, for example, were 19 when they. So, Gary Puckett had a song, Young Girl, 1968.
0: (gasps) Right! Young Young girl, get out of of my mind. My My love for you is way out of line. line. But he knows it's way out of line.
1: You're You're much much too too
0: young, girl. But he does know it's out of line. (laughs)
1: Let's listen to the verses, though. With all the charms of a woman, you've kept the secret of your youth. Ooh. You led me to believe you're old enough to give me love and now it hurts to know the truth oh. <laughs> beneath your beneath your perfume and your makeup. You're just a baby in disguise. And though you know that it's wrong to be alone with me, that come on look is in your eyes. Oh man. So hurry home to your mama. I'm sure she wonders where you are. Get out of here before I have time to change my mind. Cause I'm afraid we'll go too far. Yep. Then that song was such a hit. It was like number one in the UK, number two in the United States uh, the next year, he released another song called This Girl is a Woman Now. And <laughs> the lyrics go, this girl, walked in my, this girl walked in dreams, played in a world of her own. This girl was a child, existing in a playground of stone. Then one night her world was changed. Her life and dreams were rearranged, and she would never be the same again. This girl is a woman now, and she's learning how to give— this girl is a woman now. She found out what it's all about and she's learning learning to live. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what he's talking about.
0: Grooming and a half. What about brown sugar? Uh
1: so that yeah, there's a number of songs we can point yeah. to that have uh, a lot of that kind of thing. So there's kind of a tradition on some level of musicians. Again, when you take thousands of musicians and yeah. you and you and you know, 2% of them have this issue, you're going to see it pop up. I don't know if Gary Pup- Puckett was um, that way. Who knows? Again, times were different back then. Uh, you know, the sheer fact that Young Girl was a number one hit in the UK, yeah. number two in the United States, and there wasn't a single question right, right, as right, to right. whether these lyrics were okay. Yeah, I mean, I would say that that song was just a, you know, just, and it's right there. Young Girl, Get Out of My Mind. Um, that song was, a regular repeat customer on classic music stations I'm guessing until present day
0: what about thank heaven for little girls
1: I don't know who does that one
0: uh, I don't know Gerard Depardieu. I don't know who sang it originally thank heaven Gerard for Depardieu. little girls
1: so in conclusion what I'll say about R. Kelly is that I don't know what's really happening I'm not an investigator, I'm not a journalist I'm not a lawyer, I'm not him I'm not one of the victims. But after watching the documentary, which is, you know, seems credible, it seems that he has been systematically abusing people basically right out in the open with a lot of people knowing about it. And, uh, you know, particularly girls age 12 to 17. And now he's moved on to adults uh, to control them. And it's really quite scary. Right now there are probably people in his world who are really quite afraid really quite afraid to come out. It's not it wouldn't be surprising that in the future we learn that those two women who were defending him you know 10 years from now they come out and they say the only reason why I was doing that was because he he had dirt on me that I legitimately thought I was going to get in trouble for. Right. He uh said he he told me and I totally believed him that he had paid a hitman to kill someone who had died, and he showed me the news report. Mm-hmm. This person died because they, you know, I wanted them dead. I have the money. I have the manpower. Right. I know, I, you know, you don't think I can kill someone? You don't think I know people who can kill people? I know people. Yeah. I could kill you. I could kill your family, and I'll get away with it because that's who I am. Wow. Like, if if someone does that, which is not that unusual for someone like that to do, yeah. then— all bets are off. Yeah. You, you can't say anything to anybody cuz if he can if he can kill you anywhere in the world and he can kill all the people you love anywhere in the world, what are you going to do? Yeah. The other thing is, is Stockholm. Well, it's like the mob, right? <laughs> right. The other thing is Stockholm syndrome which you haven't talked yep. about. When you uh, are especially again when you're young and they protect, you know, they sort of separate you from everybody, then you start believing the the hype, you know? Yeah. And uh, in the same way that uh, sexual abuse victims, they'll you just convince yourself like, okay, this is this is good, you know, because yep. you have a choice. It's like I either I either question this and experience a lot of fear and pain, or I just give over to it and yeah. believe the believe everything. And lo and behold, I feel a lot better because I don't have to question what's happening to me. I don't know if that's happening. I suspect that that's what's happening, and I really really hope that there's some solution and respite so we can end the wave of destruction that this man has been perpetrating on the world. I really, really hope that our legal system can finally, after 25 years, finally do something about this.
0: Yeah, man. I, I am so sad that there's, you know, it seems to be a lot of cases that are coming out that are, on the one hand, ruining things that we thought were pure or great, but the more important part is how many victims there have been, you know? That's just sad.
1: Yeah. And many of them have come forward. Yeah. There's, they've, there's, they've gone to court. Yeah. There's been videotapes. Yeah. There's, you know, and it's just like, how does this happen? Yeah. I just don't understand. And the only thing I can think of is like, our society is just set up in such a way that it just allows this sort of thing to happen, you know? And I just, it, it's really upsetting because it's not just these victims. Yeah. There are millions upon millions of people currently being abused in situations yeah. like this right now, yeah. and they don't have a easy way out of that. No. I mean, I, you know, I've worked with people who have been in much lesser severe domestic violence relationships, and they feel like they can't get out yeah. because... No. When you have someone that if – if you're one of those people who's watching the news and a documentary and you're just like, well, I don't understand. Why don't the women just walk away? Yeah. The, the issue is like when, when somebody exhibits to you that they're capable of taking it to another level, by implication, you just know that if you do something that really pisses them off, they're going to escalate up another ladder that's even higher And you just – it doesn't take a genius to figure out what's at the top of that ladder. Right. It's murder. It's dismemberment. It's killing everyone you know. People do that. Yeah. It's not unheard of, especially a person like R. Kelly where it's like you have all this money and, you know, I don't know if he's making those kinds of threats. But in my experience, you don't even have to make those kinds of threats when you exhibit that you're willing to take it to a very strange, aggressive place. There's this implication there of just like – You know, like just as a microcosm of this, when abusive people are trying to intimidate, but they're trying to avoid actually putting hands on, what they do is they will break an object. You know, they're in a fight with their spouse, and the husband picks up a chair and throws it against the wall. Right. Well, it's like, well, you know, he he's just abusing a chair. The implication is clear. Yeah. If you don't stop this is going to be your head. Right, right, right. That is a clear threat. And actually in Washington State, that's considered a crime. Even oh, though really? It's an assault for usually. Wow. So even though you actually haven't uh, right, right. put hands on the person.
0: The, the implication is the part. That, which
1: is so yeah. great because it's so clearly intimidating. Totally. Right? And so imagine what you could do beyond that on a day-by-day basis right. and never actually have to – you know, overtly threaten someone, the implications are there. And when you are in a state of terror and uncertainty, and all you have to do is just comply to make your fear go down 50%, yeah. then that's what you're going to do. That's easier. Yeah. Especially when you have a society that isn't set up to help people like this. And another factor that just pops into my head is because of mistreatment uh, to African-Americans by the legal system— and by the justice system and by the, you know, law enforcement system. Uh, I wonder how many of these African American women are just like, well, I'm not gonna go to the police. You can't trust them. Yeah. Uh, they don't have a good track record with me and my family. So, you know, I've got to do this on my own.
0: Right, right, right.
1: Um, actually there's this scene in the documentary where I was like, Oh my god, because like if you allow me, <laughs> is the mom goes into the hotel where she has heard that her kid is inside. Okay. She goes up to the room. The manager actually like lets leads her up there in this like like totally random, and they're filming with on cell phones. They get up there. Um, she actually reunites with her daughter in the doorway, uh-huh. and she's like, "Come, you know, you got to come with me." You know, and the daughter's just kind of like in this daze, and she's looking at the cameras, and she's just like, "Oh my god!" Um, and she's like, um, "You know, I, I gotta go." And so she goes. Uh, the mom comes downstairs. She's crying. She's like, "I can't believe I finally saw my little baby. I finally saw her. You know, I just need her to get out of there. She looks so scared." Wow. Um, R. Kelly somehow calls the cops on them and tells the hotel people to not let him in. Um, the mom is uh, having like another phone conversation with the with the kid on the hotel phone at the front desk. The mom is like, at this point, it's like, well the cops have kicked them out of the hotel and there's not a lot the mom can do at this point it's right. just like you know if i go up if i enter the hotel they're going to kick <sighs> me out my daughter is right up there oh my god and at this point i'm like get a lawyer yeah you know get a lawyer call the police get get a team of law abiding system people yeah. and approach the you know get a dv expert call a domestic violence Right. Uh, Advocate. They know legal people, you know, get a team. But, you know, what she, she didn't do that. She's just like, no one's gonna do that to me. And she just like storms into the hotel. And I'm like, oh no, like you're gonna go to jail. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is not what you should be doing. Right. Um, Oh my
0: God, that's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. uh, But, she got her out. (laughs) Right. So, but anyway, in that moment, I was just like, you know, with all my privilege of trusting the system, sure, I would call the system. Right. But to someone who doesn't trust the system for good right. reasons, screw that! I'm, yeah. You got to take matters in your own hand, and and it basically means you're you have less power, yeah, because you end up, you know, the cops show up, you're creating a scene, and you get shot. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, anyway. Did we already do final word from you, Berto? Mm,
0: No. Yes, I did. Actually, I said that I was sad that there were so many victims. (laughs) Uh, Which is funny. I'm laughing.
1: (laughs) Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because you deserve it.